Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those between and affiliated uh, to the Novice Elitist. And here we have today a special guest. We have not interacted with this man for quite some time, and I'm very excited uh, to be doing that again. Welcome back to the channel, or the speakeasy, excuse me. Jason, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, guys. Happy to be back. Yeah, and happy to have you back. It's been too long, and now you've brought us a little bit of a different, uh, different style of review than some of the more, I guess it was TV stuff that we were doing before. Yeah, we were doing like a lot of commentaries and stuff so this time we're doing um some books <laughs> yeah and you made the choice to yeah break out a comic book review for us and oh no this is scary with isaac here you don't know his uh he's got certain ways with comic reviews and yeah i've, I've heard him <laughs> <laughs> don't worry uh tonight jason will be taking point for this and he'll be leading us in the direction he wants to go down because i mean why not he's our guest and so uh he has uh all to say and how we proceed with this if I may ask, Jason, what is it that you have brought uh, with you tonight uh, to the Speakeasy? Well, I have brought with us um, the first three issues of the new run of Fantastic Four, which I was starting to read, and I thought it was very interesting, very intriguing to my taste. So, very different from what what I I'm, I expect from the Fantastic Four. So, I thought it would be fun to talk about. Yeah, and that was going to be one of my first questions for you. Do you have a ton of experience reading Fantastic Four stuff? Yeah, I mean, I used to read, uh, I read the uh, the old Stanley, Jack Kirby run, but it was like collected. I have the, uh, I've read the the legendary John Byrne run at this point. So I have, I've, those are like the ones I know of, I read mostly. So I figure I would check to see what they're doing nowadays, because uh, I know the last run wasn't well received and it sounds like this one is pretty well received so i figure we could tackle and give our our thoughts on it uh if i may ask jason what was who was the previous writer on the uh, previous run oh everyone's favorite comic book writer dan slot oh i did not know that oh hmm. that is correct was hickman before him or a little bit a ways i think he was before slot um caleb when you read original sin who was that by original sin um uh i'm looking at it right now but it's just slightly out of view give me a second yeah of course <laughs> sorry i only ask because i know uh that was like i think one of the last major events that the fantastic four dr doom especially uh were involved in uh this against my knowledge is uh, very very primitive and <laughs> um I guess, yeah, not well uh, educated right now. I don't really know too much right now. So, uh, but sorry, Caleb, the name. Uh, it's Jason Aaron. Jay, that's right. He's a, he's a good writer. Um, Caleb, what's your, what's your history with uh, Fantastic Four? Um, I have not read a ton of solo Fantastic Four stuff. I've definitely seen them in a lot of books. Uh, they definitely took part in the John Byrne Namor run back in the day. They, they popped up there quite a bit. And I bought this omnibus with... Uh, it was a Lee and Kirby omnibus with Galactus. And I, I read about probably two thirds of it. And I was enjoying that quite a bit. But otherwise, I really not not read much at all for Fantastic Four. Yeah, as for me, uh, as, as I you know, just said, I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to Fantastic Four. Uh, my knowledge of them comes from uh, what is it? There is a TV show that we probably will review in the future, called Fantastic Four World's Greatest Superheroes. Or oh, World's I love Greatest that Heroes, show. Excuse oh. me. You know the one I'm talking about, Jason. There you go. Uh, we, I, I watched that one back in the day. It was obviously the, it's not spinoff show, but definitely, it's not cash grab. Don't worry, I'm not going to call it that. But definitely was <laughs> made off of the coattails of the then recent Fantastic Four movie. Not the Roger Corman one, sorry, the 2005 one. Pardon me, I gotta be specific here. And so I watched that one. That's kind of where I get a lot of my knowledge from. And so you know, I, I see, and and of course through osmosis and or at least you know looking on uh, a you know the Marvel wiki and Wikipedia or whatnot, just looking at you know various runs and the character histories. That's where I mostly get my information from. So you know, I'm not really a true fan, but definitely have wanted to uh, read the Kirby and the Lee stuff at some point in, in the future. Oh, the writer John Hickman. He is supposed to be writing a uh, a new Ultimate Spider-Man run next year. Oh, interesting. Oh, Hickman's supposed to be a okay. Yeah, okay. They're still doing that. Interesting. Uh, they stopped it, but they brought it back, as they usually do with these things. 
Oh, by the way, I did I did realize that there was actually one more piece of Fantastic Four stuff that I've read and own, and it's this this gigantic, bigger than my uh, my laptop screen. This uh, Superman and the Fantastic Four little team up, written by Dan Jurgens. I read that. I just remember one more Fantastic Four thing I read. There was a book I got for my birthday. It was Fantastic Four and the X Men. Oh. I think I remember seeing that around. I was curious for it. it. Looked like it had good art. And I remember because I think like Doctor Doom was like one of the main villains in that story, as he usually is with that stuff. Yeah, I remember the the Superman issue. I've heard uh, like both Superman and Doctor Doom kind of get into a a philosophical argument between the both of them. I remember. I think I've seen like a panel somewhere on the internet there um but yeah no x-men and uh for, for fantastic four both series that marvel was trying to cancel you know a few years ago <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> well you know they didn't have the rights so they're like ah why even bother with these guys in the comics like you know it's not like any of the characters are major let's see that's not like we're gonna just like you know um build up a, another pre-existing faction of characters with super pet weight Oh, but I guess to switch gears to the, the main event here for the evening, these three issues, uh, Ryan North, this is a writer that I've definitely seen his name bandied around, uh, but I've never checked out any of his, his books. Uh, Jason, have you read any of his other stuff, or is this the first time? This is my first time. Hmm. Isaac, a similar boat? Yeah, this is uh, the first time I have encountered um, one Ryan North when it comes to this. Um but as for uh, the artist, though, uh, I forget how you say his name, Ian, uh, I don't see Ian, but uh, Colio or Colio, um, I feel like I've seen his art somewhere else. I didn't do my research on what he's what I've seen him do before. But um, anyway, the covers kind of remind me of uh, Alex Ross a little bit. Well, that's because it is Alex Ross. <laughs> oh, it is. I thought it was yep. someone trying to do Alex Ross. I know it was the man himself. Yeah, one one issue that I not issue, but one series I definitely want to read uh, was well regarded last year was Alex Ross's you know his own like you know drawn and written uh, Fantastic Four series where he I think reimagines one of Kirby and Lee's uh, stories with Galactus uh, from the '60s. So it's like that came out last year. So I, I think these may be some of the same character designs and the art style he was going for because he's. He kind of moved in a different direction. I think it may have been a little different, but even still, yeah, a bunch of, I think a few of, I don't know if all the issues in this have Alex Ross's covers like proceeding onward, but if they are like, Hey, like Ross is always a top notch artist. So I'm definitely. Absolutely. I'll have to check that out after I get, get done reading fantastic Four life story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've heard that one's also uh, pretty interesting. Anyway, Jason, where would you like to start uh, with this? I think we'll start with the uh, we can start with the first one the uh, the Ben and uh, Alicia issue. No, I'll start with issue three. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We'll start with backwards. And we're back. Yeah, a little bit of a different sound quality for us here, I'm sure. We're just we had to switch over to Zoom. Some more technical problems from Zencaster. But um, yeah, so I guess jumping into this this first issue, um, and you guys said that. Did you want me to do the summary, or when do you guys want to do it? I'll let Jason do it. All right. So um, the first issue is Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters. Basically, uh, they're in some sort of. I would say it's a motel. Yeah, no tell motel. Yeah, and then they they see some interesting things going on with uh, things that look out of uh, place, and uh, and eventually they have to uh, figure out what's going on in the uh, in the area that they're in. It's very like I would say like X Files a little bit. Yeah, I can definitely see that. That fits. Yeah, and as the as the mystery unravels, we discover that they've entered a town kind of removed from time, which I think they yeah. illustrate quite well. I like some of the, like the switching the art style a little bit with some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the plot's very different from what I'm expecting from a Fantastic Four uh, comic. Okay, that's interesting. I was wondering about that because I was like, oh yeah, all. I mean, maybe the the third one feels the most uh, what I think of as Fantastic Four, but these first two definitely feel like yeah, kind of one off episodic science fiction kind of stuff. That's what it felt like. Yeah. But yeah, it turns out that they've arrived in this town. I, I forget what it, the name of it was. I was going to look up if this was based on a, a real town. Cedar, Pennsylvania. Is that what it is? I believe it's that's what it's called. I was Founded in check... 19, eight, or 1865. I was going to check the Kindle, but... Yeah, what happened to this place, Isaac? Do you want to lay it out for us? Oh, it went all Silent Hill on us. No, I'm just kidding. It didn't do that, <laughs> but um, right at the start, I love... Uh, man, when I, like, re rereading this again... Um, I love the foreshadowing. I, they they just come out and say the whole time loop thing, like at the in the front, because mm-hmm. like tomorrow was another day, and then it's the exact same thing. And I didn't get that the first time. Some people probably did notice that the first time, but I'm just like, yo, this is uh, coming back to this, and like that's that's clever. I, I like how they immediately just give you the tw- not the twist, but they give you uh the whole what the whole thing's about there at the front. But there was apparently it's in July twelfth, nineteen forty seven. And it just said that there was a recent nuclear test that was successful. I don't know from, from like how far it was from here, but that's definitely that gives you a little like you know hint of like hey, maybe something's going on here. And then yeah, Alicia and Ben just walk in into this uh, motel. Gotcha. I quite like that image. The two of them just just so huge there. Him, yeah, you know, so small by him. I think that's a fun image. That that was a pretty awesome uh, image of Ben in that issue. The first frame there. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I really like in this is I, I haven't read too much with her in it. I mean, she she's there in a lot of the stuff I've read, but so much in the background that I never really got much of a sense of who she is. And so I, I appreciate getting a closer look at their relationship in this this uh, this issue. I was about to say this episode. <laughs> and it's nice getting something just focused on the two of them. I agree on that. I mean, just this issue basically got me hooked. It feels far from me from like the fantastic four i remember but it, in a good way it just it felt like it was a good change up from what we're used to when i think of a fantastic four uh story yeah and i was gonna ask if you knew any of the the context because they mentioned that they've, they've kind of gone away from the rest of the group and there was this disaster in new york i think um, it's at the end of this episode or this issue it's like this big mystery in the first three issues and in the fourth issue they will uh tell you all what happened because it's the fourth of course yeah 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 fantastic fours yeah <laughs> yeah which by the way when i finished reading these yesterday i was i was so tempted to buy that fourth issue and read it then but i was like oh i gotta read batman echoes instead spoilers right. for the our next discussion oh <laughs> I'll, I'll have some i'll have some uh comments about during echoes sure <laughs> <laughs> um but as we go through the town and we we discover this this time loop that's going on like Isaac mentioned yeah, everyone just keeps repeating the same day every day July 12th 1947 i like the fact that as they integrate in the town and discover this mystery they just like oh okay it seems like there's a problem here so let's move in and just try to solve it and it seems like maybe they spend i don't know maybe a couple weeks there and get to know all the town members i like the way that all that all plays out too i think there's a really charming like a uh, old-timey vibe to all these characters and it, yeah. it plays well yeah and, and it's it's it has like that x-file feel where you're in this area and it just seems like things are not what they seem and something just seems like out of like something strange is going on yeah they build up the mystery well yeah i could definitely see them trying to do like a comic where it's like ben Grimm and some of our characters just going town to town solving like strange cases or something yeah i think i saw there's maybe 14 or 15 issues in this run so far and i was curious how long that they were going to keep it up of it being them kind of separated in these episodic little adventures Um, because i definitely like that format i think that that could be stretched out for a good while it could be Uh, isaac well just regarding the first one uh this this first issue though yeah, it, it, we we kind of have the staple similar stuff of you know the the tragedy of Ben Grimm, where you know everybody thinks he's the monster. Like literally, you know, he's this big big rock dude. So it's like it it starts off that way. But I love how uh, throughout you know however many time loops it is, I love that uh, he starts to you know he he starts to I guess like you know 
become one with the town. He's, he starts like, you know, kind of almost showing that, you know, ignorance can be weeded out, you know, over, uh, I guess, just interactions, which I, I love that. And uh, so I, I definitely enjoy that part. I don't, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> you know, you, you, you had this with strange of Caleb where, you know, every time you see strange, the doctor strange of, excuse me, you always just laugh. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is with Eben Colio. I think that's, that's his name. Sorry. I just looked at the mm. credits here. E- Eben Bol- Colio. Oh man. So I just want to gush. I just, I have to go. I don't know what it is, but the way he draws Alicia, like, Oh my goodness. Like, I think that's my favorite part of like, she's, I think my favorite part of this entire issue. I, I love her spunk. I love her energy. Um, just I, like her as a character. I, I, I like this. I, I don't know why I, I like her a lot as, as I think, yeah, she's, she is her own and not just, you know, the, the wife of, of Ben Grimm, but just here to, you know, actually like help out people, uh, regardless of her lot in life, ah, I just I love this character a lot. Guess it's just how how far out of, of the comics. I was surprised that they were married. I didn't even know they were married in the uh, in the comics. <laughs> I uh, I assumed like you know again there's there's things that uh, you know basic things you know of like yeah, Alicia Masters uh, she's Ben's girlfriend. So I just assumed by by this point like either somebody had mar- had them married uh, or or not. But I'm just happy that these two are together. I think I think maybe Slot got him married. I don't. Know. Oh no. <laughs> well, if it is, thank you, Dan Slot, for marrying them, because uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and throughout many moments in the issue, like like you mentioned, with uh, people being scared of him and him feeling bad, like, oh, I'm not a monster. I'm just existing here. I like how supportive she is of him, and just how open she is with the rest of the town too. Like, uh, like maybe these people are kind of uh, old in their beliefs, but give them a chance. I'm sure there's good people here. And yeah, I think that the relationship is really one of the big standouts in this issue for me. It makes me want to see more of them together. Hey, maybe I'll check yeah. out some slots. Uh, maybe I'll check out his wedding issue for them if he was the one that married him. <laughs> um, but I guess, uh, yeah, as the mystery unfolds itself, and I quite like this twist too, that it turns out it's this poor guy just sitting in a bar, kind of a, kind of lonely, and he'd just recently been broken up with, and yeah, he's just venting his frustration and wishing that he could take it all back and try again and see if he could fix it that time. Uh, but he's yeah. got this power that he doesn't realize. And so instead of, you know, making a specific wish, oh, I could wish I could take back this whole relationship. He just keeps repeating the same day over and over again for, yeah, for decades. Yeah. I like that twist. I, I think that, I think that works well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I read that part, I thought that was pretty interesting, interesting reveal. And then it, 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 it turns, not turns, but even though Alicia, she discovers this with with Sanford um, over this this unknown power that he has again potentially connected to that nuclear test. Who knows? Gave Bruce Banner uh, the Hulk, so it's it's possible it gave uh, yeah. Sanford here, you know, this time travel uh, loop almost. But uh, this this the time loop. Um, but but it's it's then up to them. They're like, okay, well, we figured it out. And she, you know, he she kind of surmises that potentially he's not doing this on purpose. It just it so happens so, and then I, I it so happened to happen, and I, I then then they actually go into uh, the issue of trying to you know kind of befriend him, but they also uh, again attempt to again persuade him to stop making the wish, and uh, well, to varying effects of I can't say success, I guess uh, yeah, egg in their face because I mean it just well other than just the time loop continues. So eventually they're like, all right, let's let's uh, take a different approach. Yeah, I really like the way they set up the the panels for that one, where it's just it almost looks like if you could keep rolling down, you'd be able to see all this in one smooth text. Then him dressing up like a ghost, and then trying to shut him up so he can't speak. I think that was all pretty fun. Uh, throughout the issue, I think they do some fun stuff with the panels and some some good humor in the book too. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Uh, North has uh, a good grasp on how to write these characters. And in the end, both Ben and Alicia uh, convince Sanford to move on, essentially, because, uh, you know, there's there's plenty, plenty of others. There'll be plenty of other uh, people to interact with and potentially fall in love with. Um, you can't just attempt to, you know, even if you wish to, like, make it up, make it up to her uh, or try to get back with her. It's... Yeah, there's there's other people out there. It actually kind of reminds me, if I'm not a non sequitur, but this actually reminds me of uh, the you know recent Jordan Peele Twilight Zone, 
endeavor there was an episode similar to this i, I realized kind of a spoiler but it was it was the groundhog day and or just you know the time loop but it was done uh from the perspective of i guess the uh item the person who was being interested in and kind of the you know in a done in like more stalkerish creepy uh sense how it would actually play in reality this is a little different this is more like he's trying to like you know drink his worries away day after day so i like they went in that method but turns out through talking and therapy yeah he they convince him to kind of move on and you know in the next panel we see you know yeah sanford is moving on he you know he looks at many there in the in the photograph but he's like uh, uh, you know the whole thing of, uh, that Alicia had about you know her her speech that ends with um, that's not love that's a co- that's cockfighting. <laughs> but um, yeah, eventually you know as time progresses, uh, we see that he does meet uh, another fair lady, and you know we see that I love you know we see the over the years they fall in love. It's not just instant like that. Thank goodness. Uh, and they wed, they have child, and they you know have grandchild, and they you know live all the way up until September 7th, 2006. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sweet how they, they handled that too. Looked like a nice little uh, nice little life. And it, it's that's one of the things I like about comics. Such a short little, I mean, what is this? Like maybe 30, 35 pages, something like that. Yeah. And just such a, yeah, you can do so much just with little panels like that. Time jump. 37 pages. 37 pages. Well, some of those I think are you know, like the title pages or that's fair. maybe the, whatever it actually is, I'm not sure, but. But yeah, just just yeah. medium with a lot of flexibility that you can yeah, do a lot with. I, I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, is there anything more to say for this this issue here? I think you guys pretty much covered all the good the points. Well, it it does at least yeah. So it, it ends the timeline resets. Thankfully, it's current day. So both Ben and Alicia they're actually in uh, the town of Cedar, and it's now modern. Like everything looks, I guess twenty like the current day. Assume it's 2020. Uh, so they, you know, the whole town seems to be good. Then they po- they postulate whether or not uh, Sanford passed away with his power and he never used it, or if it went away, you know, leaves up in the air. But mm-hmm. uh, what it does end with, though, is uh, kind of on a bittersweet ending, at least for them, because as they travel the open road now, it seems that there's some unresolved issues. Apparently, there's some. Uh, some history apparently that we don't know because this is one of those things kind of like a you know not i guess you call this pilot but definitely there's there's a mystery at least or at least you know something that we don't know about how where the fantastic four are currently as you guys already said uh we get to the last panel and boy oh boy what a what a beautiful like you know one page spread of uh where the ff building used to be Hmm. and uh how there's currently a crater uh in its vicinity and it looks like uh, about four to six city blocks uh, gone. Yikes! So it's like, what's what's happening next? That's uh, definitely what this issue uh, entails. That's definitely interesting that it wasn't part of the previous uh, book. That that's what I was assuming. It was the end of the last run, but this is that's the what, mystery that makes it cooler. That's what I assumed because I had to ask them like, did, did I miss like, did I miss something? <laughs> and they're like, no, it's just that's just how. The, the run is it, it. The more you get into it, eventually they'll solve. They'll tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, but I guess speaking of get into it, maybe we should move into uh, issue two. Yeah. And before we do, I I quite like this picture of Stanley and all of his creations around him. I thought that was a really nice little tribute there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's John Romita Jr. Let me, let me get a check here on. Uh, yeah, I like the, the giant. Check. The giant smile he has for the thing. It's just <laughs> no. That's that's Stan. That's Stanley. <laughs> oh no no no! Sorry, I apologize. I meant I think the I guess like in remembrance of uh, is supposed to be drawn. Pardon me uh, by uh, John Rita Jr. Oh, uh, I I can see that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot to. I should have said it that way. But like, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I guess this was around the time. Uh, uh, Smile and Stan passed away. So, yeah, rest in peace, buddy. With uh, really, I, th- I thought it no, was before. It, yeah, it was before. It was just it just says, I think it might have been like it says a hundred years, so it might be oh. like hundred years old or something. Okay. Hmm. Although they they have the, all the big ones there, they got Doctor Doom, uh, 
Doc Ock in there. They only have Medusa. They don't even have like they don't even have the rest of the uh, the Inhumans. Just Medusa. No, no, they got Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Oh, oh yeah, there I he is. Him. Yeah, he's yeah. back there. He's right above. Okay, you're right. Sorry, pardon me. Pardon me. He's right. He's right above uh, Dormammu and next to Kingpin. Yeah, he's uh, b- below him is Ben Grimm. Yeah, I've, I'm an idiot. Yeah, thank you for pointing <laughs> that out. Yeah, very nice little tribute there. Yeah. Um, but jumping into issue two, this time we get the the focus characters being uh, Sue Storm and Reed Richards, and yep. they're also yeah maybe taking some time away from New York. It seems like the press is maybe not so on their side. So yeah, yeah. it's time for a little vacation in the country. And I love how it begins with like. Uh, it looks like Sue's writing to uh, Jen Walters about her uh, adventures. Oh, I was wondering who that was. Hmm. Yes, because yeah. in John Byrne's run, uh, I believe uh, She-Hulk joined the crew. Her and Sue are apparently friends, and I think it was around that issue or something like that. Yeah, and again, just just like in the first issue where I really enjoyed the relationship with uh, Ben and Alicia, I, I quite like their relationship here, too. I think it feels distinctly different and yeah I, I i just like spending some more time with these characters a little bit more intimately because the the fantastic four stuff i read previously was more yeah like the the stanley stuff yeah it, it felt more in the old style where we weren't really getting in the characters heads that much it was always so much stuff going on that it was hard to have those kind of sit down intimate moments with them and of course it reaps right into the action they're at a diner and they're talking about something that Happened that in New York, and Reed's kind of blaming himself. And then we have a waitress come by, and they notice something's a little off about her. Yeah, which, by the way, with the image that they show at the bottom of that page, where it kind of shows like some color in the, I was yeah. wondering if it was supposed to be like the head is like shaking side to side or something. <laughs> kind of looked like that. It looked like that, or it just looks like it's a. It almost sounds like a machine. So it looks like a machine was kind of weird or something and then suddenly we have the night of doom and the uh yeah, the diners filled with doom bots yep aka every other thursday they have to deal with <laughs> thursday i feel like that's every other day <laughs> well no i but but it's weekly though you gotta understand it's like every week they have to deal with something but every no matter what happens every thursday they always have to deal with doom bots it's just always like for some reason doom is yeah, he's he's got a whole schedule, man. There's a routine. He's like, all right, and sending them a Doombot now. <laughs> yeah, just open the mail on Thursday and one crawls out. It's just like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, fair enough. Just a routine. Anyway. Yeah, and yep. since we get the first display of uh, Mr. Fantastic's powers here, there's something that I always just found disturbing about him stretching his, his limbs and yeah, as we see his hand flying out of the window to hit the EMP on their car. I was like, ooh, look at that nasty-looking hand. <laughs> it, they, do, they don't make it look any prettier in the movies. So. No, I think that's where it's, I got my issues, yeah. I always remember that scene when he's reaching out of the bathroom for getting some more toilet paper. So I was like, oh, man, why'd they include that? <laughs> the, the scene that always creeped me out was the scene where he puts his hand under the first time to open up the door. Uh, yeah. That, that always like freaked me out. Yeah, but the mystery in this one starts right away because as they're in the middle of the fight, suddenly everyone turns back into people and they walk around as if nothing ever happened. And then the people yeah. in the diner are like, hey, these two lunatics were just in here. They're wrecking the place. They're attacking us. Hey, they're, I think they're on drugs. So, so they were, well, the cop tries to tries to pull them over. <laughs> yeah. Pulls out his little book. Okay, time to write a ticket. You smashed up a place, attacked a bunch of people. Yep. And then he basically, the only way they're allowed to do it, he went them off by basically dropping them off outside of town and never come back, basically. Yeah, and again, but, it's interesting to think, since uh, everyone in the town's a robot, including him, that in that, that case, I guess he was programmed to just, if they were there, just put the problem away so that it wouldn't potentially harm the uh, the purpose behind this mystery. Because well, once it, he got him away from her, you'd think he might attack, but... Well, it is Doom. Doom, Doom probably has, like, has it down to a T. Uh, so they, they go back into town, of course. Love that little, like, <laughs> we're going back. Oh, we're definitely going back. Um, and they, of course, go back uh, with um, Sue keeping both of them invisible. 
And they come to find that, you know, other than repairing the little diner that, you know, the little incident that happens, the, the car, the fantastic car has not been salvaged. It's not been, or scavenged, excuse me. It's not been, you know, pilfered for parts. Everything is fine. So they're like, what's, what's going on here? And they, you know, they start seeing, you know, every, every, you know, like all these, these doom bots, you know, like beneath the illusion and the facade, they're acting as if they're people. Like they're routine, like they don't realize they're they're like robots. Yeah. Uh, until they come across like you know three elderly ladies, take it away. And then uh, eventually, Reed tries to fix his face so he can disguise himself. Reshape his face. Yeah. yeah. So he tries to look like uh, I think he's trying to look like Victor. I think. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I I didn't that. think of that. The only problem, of course, being is that uh, while he can reshape. Uh, his facial features. Uh, he can't. His his uh, skunk stripe. His 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 uh, whatever you want to call <laughs> that. Yeah, his hair. The white streak in his uh, fa- famous fa- white streak in his hair uh, still permeates and is still there. So that's a that's a tell. That's a that's a give. Yeah. And by the way, I did like when uh, Sue's like a new face. That's as impressive as it, as it is weird. I did start to wonder if she's kissing out. Like, did they ever play around with this in the bedroom? I don't know. Maybe that's an inappropriate thought. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's save that for you know after hours. Let's 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 keep on target. Also, sure. can I just say how well how funny this would be? Because like you know we we can see barely visible Sue there, but to some random onlooker, all of a sudden he's like kissing somebody, kissing the like, air, yeah. kissing the air, and then like you know, acting like an egotist, just like he's got his hands up like that. Hey, it's me, and it's like, is he talking to somebody? Yeah, it's the same person from the diner. Like, oh, he's still on drugs. There's that guy again. Yeah, of course. Uh, but anyways, uh, so after reshaping his face and getting a pep talk from his wife, uh, Reed goes over and you know, inquires this 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 old lady. This this lady. She he's like, okay, so she didn't turn into a doombot when you know with, with the when these illusions flicker in and out of reality. And so he, you know, engages, saying, like, hey, do you happen to know a person by the name of Victor Von Doom? And so we, uh, we go on. Jason, take it away. Yep, then they go to her her house. Uh, Sue is outside because I would scare her. <laughs> so she tells Reed about uh, Victor Von Doom. And, uh, and she is trying to figure out what happened to Victor. And uh, Reed has trouble trying to explain her. What happened to uh, Victor Von Doom? Do you want to take it from here, Isaac? Uh, yeah. So as Jason said, you know, she's uh, her name's Mary, by the way, nothing matters. But yeah, you know, yeah, she she apparently had a good relationship with uh, with Doom before he was uh, the Doom that we all know him as, the megalomaniac. And turns out, turns out that you know, this may have been like the first, like well, not first, but when he, I guess, immigrated or at least you know came over to America to study abroad he this may have been one of the first families who kind of took him in as the exchange student or whatnot and helped house him so he basically repays uh her in kindness uh by (laughs) setting up a whole entire town full of doom bots yes and that's kind of i find that to be very interesting yes no definitely uh a different side. We we don't see Doom in this, which I I definitely love. The covers obviously uh, are meant to make you think, oh, Doom's in this. Even though there's multiple ones of him, I even went like, huh, what, what's this all about? Is this like a cult of Dooms? But it's like Doom bots. No, that makes sense. So I definitely, definitely, I definitely know where want to know where this is going. Uh, so Reed brings in uh, <laughs> Sue, and I I think uh, he remodels his face back to his normal self. Hmm. Because as you, as I know, Caleb probably will find this gross, but you'd see like you know, uh, was on page fifteen of the, the uh, top part yeah. there. You can see his face like, kind of remolding back, like it's plastic or something like that. And it's like, ooh, that's funky. Some body horror going on there. Yeah, yeah. take it away, Caleb. What happens? Yeah, and, and they just start thinking like, huh, like, like really, he he made this whole town, built it for her. Like that, that just seems weird. And the more they think about the robots, it's like, oh, it's not like they're just performing just for her. Like, even when she wasn't around, they are going around acting like robots. So that makes it, yeah, definitely more complicated in an odd kind of Doom plot to see. Uh, robots or just, like, people? Uh, the, well, what do you mean? 
Well, you said robots, like they're going around acting as if they're people, like they are, they have people, individual yes. lives, yeah, not, not just robot, like they're, it's true, they're performing a task, but it's also like they have lives to themselves, or actually, it's almost like, it's not full on self-awareness and, oh, you know, I can, it's a program of like, all right, just act as, you know, this character would, or this, you know, persona would. And then Reed and Sue go back in the house and uh, they try to explain to uh, Mary what's going on. <laughs> and then... Sue touches her and, and the reveal is that she is also a Doombot. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. That, that was quite the surprise. And a great dun, one, dun, one, dun. Page, one page spread there. Uh, uh, page great. 17. I just realized uh, Susan's back there, you know, kind of like shocked, which, yeah, de- definitely so. Oh, no, it's, 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 uh, oh, yeah, oh, no, it's, uh, Gray Skull. No, it's, what's, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Are you talking about Red Skull? No, not Red Skull. Uh, I completely forgot his name. Oh, Skeletor. That's it. oh, it's Skeletor. Skeletor. No. <laughs> Jeez, it was Skeletor all along. What the? He's going ahead. Going here. And then, I know Caleb's also going to, he's a fan of this. This is, this is groovy. Um, so they're, 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 they're questioning, like, what the? He's going on here. So there's literally like a skeleton in the closet there of, like, Mary, like it's a human skull, skull, excuse me, and inside a Doombot. Now this, now I've seen everything. Um, this is this is this is venturing hard territory. Well, yeah, I have, I have to think about that. What Caleb? What, what does Mister Fantastic do? Oh, he, uh, yeah, this is pretty nasty. I think he even says this is going to be nasty. But he like sticks his all these little individual bits of his fingers in there. I, I guess what he's doing is feeling around to see. Like how much he's actually in there? Like, is it yeah. just like a skull? And yeah, it's it's pretty grody looking. Oh wait, did you not notice that he takes his eyeballs and puts them like into his fingers? Oh yes, I forgot to mention that. Maybe I tried to block it out. It was too horrific. But yeah, he puts his eyeballs on the end. Um. So if anybody, I don't know if even Colio is a, a fan of Yu Yu Hakusho, but there was a character in that uh, who had the ability younger. I forget his last name, but he's a younger or older guy. I don't remember the, the literally that's their name. Uh, but they had the ability to shape themselves into like a weapon. Uh, so basically, it's shape shifting, and they had the ability to like rearrange their organs to any part of their body. So if you get they get stabbed or punched in like you know say their stomach, they could just like send their stomach up to their brain. And, you know, their stomach would be fine. If they got stabbed in the heart, they could just move their heart to, like, you know, a different part of their body, which is very clever. I like that. So it, it turns out Eben's a fan of that, or if, you know, maybe mm. just, you know, coincidence, and he came up that with himself, independently of that, our existing property. And, yeah, so I, I get the feeling that's what they're trying to do with Mr. Fantastic now, where he's slowly turning into a shapeshifter uh, rather than just being, you know, having elasticity. So he can now rearrange, you know, body parts. So... <laughs> Caleb's uh, little, you know, question of uh, what happens in the bedroom. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh no! Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I do like the bit where he, after you know, I guess probing uh, the the skeleton doombot, whatever you want to call this, he washes his hands. I don't know if his eyeballs are in there or not, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> oh. some funky stuff. I love this part. But yeah, it turns out, yeah, it's um, yeah, this is well, this is Mary. This this literally is Mary. Uh, well, or w- w- who once was Mary, uh, no longer with us, of course, rest in peace. And she is now, yeah, moved on. So she's, she's passed away and the Doombot basically just encapsulated itself around her and to keep her living sort of, and keep up the appearances with everybody else and didn't tell anybody. And then, uh, then someone jumps from outside, I guess a jump through the window and and they see that Mary has passed. Yeah, they, they tell her, like, oh, she's been dead for years, and they're like, oh, okay, well, if she's dead, then I guess our directive one of protecting her is, is deleted, and now we're going to a new directive one, which is get rid of these damn Fantastic Four. And so the attack uh, begins yet again. And again, some some pretty damn cool art. I especially like the way that they uh, do Sue Storm. I think she looks really cool throughout this Great. issue. Yes. Yeah, big fight. And then they activate the EMP yet again. Yeah, always got to use an imp. Why not? Uh, they they shut down all the Doom bots. I'm surprised Doom wouldn't have you know had countermeasures for that. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I love uh, the little panel. Uh, the last panel, excuse me. Uh, what is it on page twenty? Where we just 
see all the doom bots, you know, pile the red like dog piling reed there and <laughs> kind of just stretches his head up just like I need air. Ouch. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, I guess yeah, they after that big fight they, they head to a graveyard and yeah, they they decide to put Mary's uh, remains to rest. I guess as they maybe I missed something here or I don't remember. Uh why did they decide to start looking through some of the other graves? Yeah, he he, he looks at the Doom bots and then it's kinda like Bilbo with Gollum in the Hobbit where he's he starts to feel bad for them. Hmm. Yeah, once they realize that oh these it's not just these robots uh like just exist to, to keep existing forever. They actually have like a baked in death time for them. And so they actually live like full human lives. And yeah, his, his brain starts uh, starts ticking along. Like, oh, something's a little bit more weird and complicated here. And yeah, maybe the solution is going to be more complicated too. Yeah. And then so we switch to the next page and they alter the all the Doom bots in town. So yeah, I, th- I think this is actually really... Uh, sweet conclusion that uh, Reed decides like, oh, okay. And instead of trying to defeat these, these doom bots, we'll just go through as they sleep each night and we'll reprogram all of them so that they'll forget anything about their directive to destroy us or the fact that they were ever doom bots. And so they can just go on and live just regular lives, which I, which I think is quite, yeah, quite a sweet conclusion there. Yeah. They, they don't, they're not full on vision. For instance, vision is well, he's an Android uh, he's not, he, he knows he's an android, so he had, but he has still self-awareness and self-identifies and, and can experience, you know, all these sensations around him. He, he knows this, uh, whereas these Doombots don't, they, while they may have some form of independence, they still kind of run on a program. Like I, like I had said before, uh, even though like they're keeping up appearances, but again, yeah, they, they're just still like Doombots, uh, down to the core, but I do like the conclusion of Reed having sympathy for these robots and letting them just basically live their lives as they see fit uh, in this illusion. And you know what? That's that's OK. Maybe they hopefully they'll achieve self-awareness one day. But until then, they're basically going through the motions. Yeah. And just as another kind of one off, just little small science fiction story. Yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty satisfying and, and fun concept. And it also shades that maybe this version of uh Victor Von Doom that we're going to get in this fantastic four run. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit more of a human uh, type of guy than we see in the past in some of these other ones. So definitely curious to see how they use him later in the run. But uh, do we feel like we've set our piece for this this second issue here? Uh, near the end of the, maybe the Victor Von Doom, this might be more like the John Byrne one where he does show a side of sympathy in uh, in that run of Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. He's not a full-on egotist. He does still have some uh, human emotions in there. Yes. Yes, there's uh, there's still a heart underneath all that metal. You'll definitely see that. Uh, and, of course, the issue does end uh, with um, with the whole narrative through line of uh, Susan finishing her uh, letter to Jennifer. And, yeah, we end that issue. I think the only question I have... Uh, the thing that I, another thing I, I know about you know, Fantastic Four is that these two, this couple, they have children. They have Franklin and Valerie. And mm. I'm like, hey, uh, you guys are supposed to be parents. Where the hell are your children? Did they, you know, get erased from his ex- existence again? Well, they'll probably show up again at some point. They'll come back into existence in another run because that's how these things work. But like, uh, that's that's where that's where it's uh, I leave off with this of just like I enjoyed this one, but I'm definitely like, okay, where's their kids? Because that's that's what we know about them. I do remember them. I just don't know where they're at. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Yeah. So save that for later. We'll we'll get to that one uh, later. But for now, uh, are you gentlemen ready for issue number three? Yes. Uh, this one I just finished uh, today. Excellent. So what is the uh, you know just quick brief summary? What's what's going on here, Jason? Well, this one is focused on. Uh, uh, Johnny Storm, aka the Human Torch, as uh, apparently uh, there was an incident that happened, and he uh, apparently got blamed, and so he has decided to take on a new identity and uh, lay low and get a job somewhere. 
Yeah. No, that's uh, that's definitely. I like I like that hair little premise. Um, we start uh, we we start off uh, with it was in Wisconsin, I believe they say later on uh, with the tornado, and basically just uh, yeah, Johnny trying to put out uh, this tornado by himself, uh, murmuring some things that Reed had said, you know, some some time ago, and the, the yeah the the big I guess the thing that like happened obviously was whatever breed did to the fantastic four building the baxter building excuse me uh that's 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 why they're kind of like you know on the run and they have to like keep a low profile uh or else you know i guess people may see them and be like hey these guys are up to no good so but anyway yeah he he saves the uh town from this tornado by by spinning or not really uh like you know uh, imbalancing the uh air quality there not the air quality but uh, balancing the air temperature and the tornado eventually dissipating and he gets back and uh uh one thing i definitely love this first one where it's just like he's like oh yeah i gotta you know keep up a secret identity and it's like he's got this this dye that he where he dyes his hair i guess every time called dr incognito's discount dye it's like how <laughs> um, <laughs> joke how on the nose yeah. um and the other through line is that we're not gonna see johnny uh face to face in a way like he was they're always kind of they're kind of like uh, i kind of like this through line where it's like they always keep his face like you know kind of a way like uh, pulled back from the camera except for you know obviously uh on page what was it here page six when we see the the johnny storm in a shoptastic day where he's uh was this is jonathan fairweather <laughs> which i quite like that too some fun jokes like that later yeah and then um apparently one of the rain jokes is apparently he always arrives arrives late, so he gets sent uh, down downstairs in the building. Definitely can uh, relate to that one. And uh, apparently, these people he doesn't really do a good job of keeping his secret as a human torch, and he's because he doesn't really do good at keeping his low profile. <laughs> You can't help it, man. He's he's so like I won't say full on full of himself, but he definitely just loves the limelight and yeah, well, yeah. loves you know be like having these superpowers and he just enjoys like you know I guess being himself and and being this large ham. Yeah, so and talking up his 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 secret self. Yeah. Oh, you know, punctuality is not my strong suit. I'm no Human Torch, am I right? I like how everyone's just groaning at him. Like, oh, here he goes again, going off about the Human Torch. This guy. Okay, yeah, I heard this one before. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the art is quite fun throughout this too. The the way that they make Johnny Storm look is, uh, yeah, I, I like this look for him. Really, especially with his, uh, I think a little bit of freckles or the facial hair he's going on got going on there. Yeah. Hey, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Fair enough. For his his secret disguise. Yeah, it's as secret as uh, I don't know if you guys always watch what we do in the shadows, but it reminds me a little bit of, of Lazlo's disguise in that one episode. Oh, I keep meaning to watch that show. One of these days, I'll finally get around to it. Yeah, seen the movie, haven't watched the show. Uh, but as we see, you know, even though he's playing down himself, he, he's pretending to be someone else in the background. He's still using his abilities to uh, do some work around the, around his uh, his office space. Oh, there's a leaking pipe that he decides to, to do some quick welding on. And then what really sets off the plot for this this issue is he notices that a boiler has a pretty bad fault that could turn into a bomb. And he used his abilities to uh, seal up the, the leak in that. And then he's like, okay, I'll give it some time. And then I'll come back and call on the co-workers like, oh, guys, check this out. Isn't this crazy? This this uh, boiler was about to blow up. And oh, some, somehow it just burned itself uh Sealed itself shut. Never seen anything like that before. And again, everyone's just looking at it like incredulous. Like, okay, another unexpected thing that's been burned. I wonder who's the the cause of that. I think I think that stuff's pretty funny in this issue too. Yep. Yeah, and this it's it sets them off. They're all like, okay, well, what can we do? We're all kind of undocumented here. You yourself didn't have any provide any paperwork for this job, and yes, we basically don't have any rights. Like, we can't report this, or else we're all going to get fired. And so uh, Jonathan Mayweather realizes that this is a job for, for Johnny Storm to show up and try to intimidate his uh, his boss. Yeah, and uh, how does he do that, Jason? So I think what happens is uh, um, they uh, Johnny Storm confronts the, his, uh, I guess, his boss. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he kind of tells him about how uh, apparently he was with a gang, and uh, I guess Johnny Storm almost burned him or something. Yeah, I actually really like this, because they, they, they changed up the art style to make it look like it's more classic Human Torch. And yeah, I guess he was threatening him like, oh, you know, give me your information. Who Who's your uh, who's your boss? If you don't tell me, oh, I'm going to burn you up big time. And yeah, eventually he, he threatens him enough that the guy's like, oh, crap, I, I'll, I'll tell you all you want to know. Please don't burn me. But then years later, he sees the, the Human Torch on a talk show bragging about how he's, he's got his fire control so strong that he can burn burn close enough to the hair that you think you're about to be burned, but he never actually would use his abilities to harm someone. Which, by the way, this Johnny Storm, what a dummy. He's going around te- <laughs> telling telling the whole world, oh, I'd never actually use my abilities to harm somebody. So that's that's really going to help him in that's the... That's the uh... point, though, jo- like, Caleb, that's the whole point. Yes, like, that's the yes. folly of Johnny Storm, is that, you know, he talks big talk, <laughs> and deep down, he obviously cares for people, but that's his other problem, you know, where he's got a mouth where he just can't shut up. And so obviously because, you know, he's trying to look good for you know ladies and whatnot, cause he's a ladies man. He, he has to like, you know, say like, Oh yeah, don't, don't worry guys. Don't worry guys. I'm not going to ever let my fire get out of control. And unfortunately somebody, uh, you know, one of the villains is like self-awareness, huh? So he actually doesn't <laughs> like, you know, burn people to death. Yeah. So pretty funny little turn of events there. And as uh, Johnny's threatening him, Surrounding him by fire, the guy's just walking casually, like, okay, come on. Like, I know what your game is here. And Johnny Storm's like, oh, he, he's bluffing. He's really not going to, you know, see through my act here. A buddy does, and he ends up throwing some throwing some hands at him. And we get another pretty, li- pretty little fight scene. I think the art for Johnny Storm is also uh, really good in this book. Yeah, definitely no complaints there. Uh, it's very clear. And you can see all the actions happening. I'm surprised how strong this guy is when he boots Johnny out of the window and just like crashes right through him like cheese. And of course, you know, to prevent falling, he just like, you know, flames like, you know, all the way out and it's like, yeah, all right, well, better to, you know, another, you know, live another day than, you know, uh, get become a uh, implanted on the uh, on the pavement there. So he leaves. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to take this part away, Jason? Uh, after that, he uh, he gets upset that he got that he lost the fight, and then he gets a little upset because he doesn't have the Fantastic Four anymore. But then he starts to realize he does have a, a new team, which then he gathers everyone downstairs, and then he tries to explain to them that, yeah, I've been hiding something from you, and he starts to become the human torch and everyone's like yeah we knew you were the human torch (laughs) yeah i like how disappointed he is that reveal it's like oh and then he's just in his his shorts it's like oh no (laughs) yes more more good humor in this book and then it's decided okay if if, uh, if you're gonna be my new team the trick is we're gonna pretend to unionize and we're gonna push this guy into a confrontation with me and we're gonna use that to uh, distract him as we uh, search out the files that are going to incriminate him and show him to be the yeah the bad boss that he is. So so Johnny Storm using his smarts. I like to see that, and I like the forming a new team, which is his uh, his coworkers. I like that little twist in there too. I think that's fun. The Fantastic Forty. Yeah yeah that was good. So yeah basically uh, keeps uh, Meryl at bay and inside a, a freezer, at thinking that you know I'm just gonna you know suffocate you with all the oxygen. It's like, yeah, of course you're not going to do that. He sees through him and keeps punching him until, yeah, he then tells him his plan of like, oh, I'm just, yeah, you're not, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me as everybody else is looking through your files um, and burns a hole through uh, with the, the, the ceiling and yeah, gets, gets out of there. And um, yeah, it's, assuming his, uh, you know, all his coworkers found the necessary evidence will give to a, I guess, contact within the federal agent that I suppose Johnny knows about, probably from a previous run. Uh, I, I'm not sure who they're referring to. I don't know if they're going to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. or not, but, you know, will definitely send it to the, I guess, correct authority figures. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that's pretty much the end of that little bit. Yeah, and then before we come to the end of the issue, we do get a little tease for what's going to happen next. 
as he gets a call from uh, Sue Storm, and she tells him that, oh, you know, we finally tracked down Ben and Alicia. I guess they were kind of hiding from the group on their little road trip. Uh, but uh, there's been some trouble in uh, trouble in locating it. When they finally found Ben, it seems like I don't know. If, I don't know if this is him or or something else. But we see in the background on the final page yeah, that something's wrong with Ben, and there's yeah this giant uh, dome that kind of looks like his skin. So some more mystery going forward, and that's that's how we that's how we wrap it all up. And uh, yeah, should we should we move to our our final thoughts for these uh, three issues and our our early thoughts in the beginning of this run? Certainly, Jason. What's your uh, what are your thoughts on this run? Oh, the, yeah, three issues. I really enjoyed it. It's very different from what I'm used to with the Fantastic Four. I like that there's a lot of like they go into like the crazy sci-fi stuff, which I always figured, you know, out of all the heroes, it should be the Fantastic Four that really leans into like the like out there sci-fi stuff yeah it just makes sense and, it, and it's a lot of fun and hoping to keep a lot of the this this uh energy going the next issues still yeah definitely it, it feels like for modern fantastic four which is always one of those ones that i feel like oh like, you know when I think back to the the older Fantastic Four, it seems like a group that wouldn't necessarily survive into the modern age all that well. So it's nice to see uh, the 2022 run that they found a way to keep it fresh and separating them like that at the start, having a nice little mystery running. Yeah, it would definitely keep me buying. Uh, I don't know if it's week to week or month to month <laughs> at this point, but it keeps me intrigued. I'm too far behind at this point, so uh, I'm still will have to keep buying. So. Uh, but how about you, Isaac? Well, I will. I will say before ever reading these three issues, I was a little bit like, "All right." So, uh, confession, of course, I'm kind of more of a graphic novel uh, completionist guy than you know, issue to issue. So, I, I did kind of come in my with my hands folded a bit, my arms folded, excuse me, crossed. And I gotta say, I was I was definitely like the the, the, the my heart threw grease grew three sizes today. Because definitely, I I I'm, I love this. I love these three comics. I think obviously my favorite is uh, probably issue one uh, with Alicia and, and Ben. But that's not to say nothing against like you know the other two. Uh, I did notice though that the, that first one was like thirty seven pages. I think the second one was like twenty five, and this one's twenty four. Oh, so interesting. Kind of decrease in page count. And you know what? I'm okay with that because for the story that I guess they were telling, it didn't need to be that many pages. I'm not saying it's decompressed, but I think it's it's just the right amount of pages to be told uh, and really get a, I guess, a introduction with these characters again. Because if this is like the, the these, I would I would say these three are like the pilot. I wouldn't say like, you know, the Ben and Alicia one is the pilot if we're talking television series, but this definitely kind of introduces us to the characters and how they're going to go. Uh, forward I, I definitely like that you know he's bringing them north is bringing them to like to the earth in a way kind of grounding them and 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 showing you know i guess the, what the care how the characters would handle uh, a situation they're in and how they'll they'll use their their smarts to them and see, i really I, I did enjoy that so going on here and out i wonder if we'll have an arc or if it'll still be episodic we'll we'll definitely see but i definitely would recommend people uh, our listeners out there to you know read this uh, and I personally probably will actually, I won't read the run, but I will, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see for a, a, a volume or, you know, uh, the, the complete, the, the complete graphic novel. Cause I definitely want to see where this goes and not having to keep, you know, buy issues, issues, cause a little different when it's uh, digital instead of like, you know, by, by uh, paper. Yeah, I agree. I think my favorite issue is probably like you said, uh, Isaac, uh, issue one. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree, too. I, I really like the art there and the kind of old fashioned town stuck in a time loop is just a fun sci fi concept. Uh, may, maybe more fun than the other two issues, even even though I like them. I, I mean, I like them. I think the one I like the third one felt didn't feel as because I like the first two because it had that crazy like sci fi thing going. Uh, mm -hmm. The third one didn't have the like crazy sci fi stuff going on, but. Well, and I guess that brings us around to the close of uh, this discussion here. Thank you, Jason, for the pick of these three issues. I think we all had a lot of fun uh, talking about them. Isaac, uh, of course, thank you as always. And and join us in the future for some more comic book talks. And, uh, and peace. Peace.